let's talk about a typical Southern Thanksgiving. It's me, Lady G, and welcome to the Southern Witching Hour podcast. Come on out here on the porch with me. Now, in my family, I'll be honest, we had no concern for all those mythologies associated with pilgrims. We are all good with setting aside a day of thanks for family, friends, health, and well-being. Now, in our case, we spent holidays with the family that we created in Augusta when I was young because my parents came there as a young couple from Alabama. They ended up building a strong community of support in Augusta since we didn't have any blood family there. That said, we had plenty of people who had our backs. So oftentimes, even on any random day, Dinner time looked like a gathering of wayward souls from every which way. <laughs> and that was just fine because my mother believed in showing her love to the ones she cared about through food and cooking. Everybody was welcome. As far as I was concerned when I was a kid, mama's beliefs were not necessarily a natural propensity for me. I really had to grow into that philosophy and I'm glad that I did. As I matured, I saw what mama was doing, and I understood the importance of welcoming people into your home for a seat at your table. Now, let me be real clear. Your ass could get it from mama if you acted a fool. She didn't play, and everybody around her knew that. So as long as you were cool, and that meant being cool with everybody at the table, you were good with mama. And as an adult, I incorporated mama's philosophy into my life when I became a mother. Anyway, I remember one year when my son was a student at Emory University. He called me and told me that he was concerned because one of his friends wasn't going to be going home for Thanksgiving and he would be left at school alone. He asked if his friend could come and have Thanksgiving dinner with us. Of course, I said, absolutely. I mean, this is precisely what my mother taught me to do. Now, I need to add that my son's friend is Haitian, and his family did not celebrate our uniquely American Thanksgiving holiday. But the point is, my son did not want his friend to be left at school alone. Now, when the young man came to dinner, he was so appreciative. And to this day, my son says he still talks about the good food that he had at our house on that Thanksgiving day, and how welcoming we were. Hell, it was easy to be welcoming. He was a real cool guy, just a great kid. Years later, whenever he's in town, he requests that I make a buttermilk pie like the one he had when he visited us for Thanksgiving all those years ago. He had never had one before and thought he might not like it. I mean, who in the world eats a pie made primarily of buttermilk? (laughs) Well, in the South, we do. At any rate, the first time he tasted it, he fell in love with it. He admitted to my son that he and his wife have tried to make it many times, but they could never get it right. (laughs) Honey, I guess it just takes a Southern mama's touch. Anyway, since we're on the topic, let's talk about food. Now, for us, Thanksgiving dinner was pretty traditional. We had the turkey, the dressing, collard greens, the canned cranberry sauce, (laughs) macaroni and cheese, and sweet potato pies. 
Now, my mom was an excellent cook, but baking was not her forte. That said, she did make a hell of a sweet potato pie, hence why our desserts were rather sparse. Ah, but it's important to note that Southerners also must have what some might call garden condiments, like peppers, tomatoes, cucumbers, and onions. Sometimes they are served as separate items and sometimes they're pickled together. And of course we have hot sauce, hot pepper sauce, chow chow, and for some, pickled peaches. Either way, a good Southern meal is incomplete without at least a few of these things. Oh, and we can't forget the sweet tea made with real cane sugar. <laughs> now, based on the times, I think it's important for us to address a few things. As for us in our house, we shall eat sweet potato pie. We are not pumpkin pie people. We are also not stuffing people. <laughs> Let me just say there's a distinct difference between dressing and stuffing. Though they might contain many of the same ingredients, they are most assuredly not the same thing. Now, of course, during the holidays, and especially on Thanksgiving, women were at the forefront. They made these holidays what they were. You might have had grandma, mama, and great-grandma. In the South, grandma or great-grandma might also be referred to as madir, big mama, and for my Caucasian friends, mamma. <laughs> that list is definitely not exhaustive. Anyway, mama, grandma, and a myriad of aunties, sisters, and cousins, some of whom were not actually blood relatives, would be busy in the kitchen days before Thanksgiving, cutting vegetables, shelling peas, washing and seasoning meats, baking cornbread, boiling macaroni, and grating cheese. By Thanksgiving morning, all they had to do was bake, broil, boil, braise, or simmer. Now, younger women would watch and learn the process and the recipes because in most cases, nothing was written down. There were no recipe books or cards that detailed everything. Most things were done by heart. This is what is meant by soul food. You let your soul or your heart guide your eyes, your hands, and your taste buds. By doing this, you know when everything is just right. Now, men were largely uninvolved with the kitchen activities. I'll take that back. There are some men who might do things like fried turkey, but generally speaking, in the South, Men knew to stay out of the way, honey. <laughs> they spent their time watching football games or something like that. Mm, let me brag a little bit because every year my son cooks the turkey. He's an awesome cook. <laughs> anyway, invariably as the years went by, grandma, big mama, my dear, mamma, all of them ultimately died moving on to the upper room. And at some point, mama dies. That's when the next generation of women must step up and apply everything they learned while they were watching. In 2012, my mother died one week after Thanksgiving. I honestly believe that my mother knew she was about to die because a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving, she scribbled on her little writing board. What y'all doing for Thanksgiving? 
You see, my mom couldn't talk. She had a trach and was on a home ventilator. So she had to communicate by writing things on this little writing board. So when she asked in her on her little board, what are y'all doing for Thanksgiving? I said, what do you mean, y'all? Don't you mean us? And mama looked down at the floor. I said, mama, you ain't going nowhere. You're going to be right here with us for Thanksgiving. I was so convinced that she would be there with us. I asked her, what do you want me to cook, mom? She wrote out a hen. This was not an unusual request because my mom stopped cooking turkeys for Thanksgiving years ago. Most times she'd just bake a hen. I think it was a whole lot less trouble. And since there was only me, my mom, my dad, and my brother, we just didn't really need a big turkey. Well, on Thanksgiving, I ended up getting sick and had to go to the ER very early that morning. When I got home, I went to bed because I had been prescribed some pain meds. Of course, since I was out of commission, my brother, my dad, and my son picked up the slack with the hen and most of the side items. But my mother, who was very sick and very weak, somehow found the strength to make cornbread dressing one last time. My son brought her all of the ingredients and she sat at that table and mixed everything to perfection. Little did we know that would be the last time my mom would ever cook for us. I believe she knew it. And really down inside, we kind of knew it too. Fast forward two weeks later, on the way to my mom's funeral, my then six-year-old daughter said, Mom, if you say anything about grandma, say that she cooked the dressing. I looked at my baby and I smiled and said, I sure will. And of course, when it was my time to speak at my mother's funeral, I took my daughter by her little hand and we went up to the microphone. The first thing I said was, my daughter wants you to know that on Thanksgiving, grandma cooked the dressing. And everybody knew how sick mama was, so there wasn't a dry eye in the house. And to think my six-year-old daughter, in her little old soul wisdom, recognized the significance of her grandmother's act. She wanted to acknowledge mama's loving final parting gift to the family. And so I think I'm going to have to leave it right there. <laughs> I can see the evening star setting in the West. And I wish each and every one of you, whether you celebrate Thanksgiving or not, a wonderful week, a blessed week. I wish you happiness, health, prosperity, wellness, love, generosity, and all the best that life has to offer. Hey, do me a favor. If you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes of the Southern Witching Hour podcast, please be sure and leave a good rating so that this podcast can be recognized by the algorithm and shared with like-minded people. Also, if you want to have a dialogue with me, you can reach me on my Instagram account at the underscore Southern underscore witching underscore hour. Just leave a comment and I'll be sure to respond. Now, if you do leave a comment, I will certainly shout you out. And today, I just want to shout out Nanette for leaving me such a wonderful note about the podcast. 
I appreciate you so much, Nanette. I hope you're listening. Also, I want to give a special shout out to my listeners in Macon, Georgia, and throughout the state of Georgia, and definitely my people in Florida. I see (laughs) y'all. Anyway, thank you to everyone, wherever you're from. And remember, Lady G loves you.